You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Ahmed Manawar, and this is part two of our series on how to conduct a quarterly marketing review. In the previous lesson, which was part one, we looked at why you should be conducting a quarterly review of your marketing. In the context of an annual plan where you have some goals that you've set for yourself in 2017, and if you haven't done that, then now's a pretty good time to do it, better late than never, the quarterly review is really a signpost that tells you whether or not you're on track, whether or not you're on track to achieve those goals that you set for yourself. Now that Q1 is officially over and 25% of the year is behind us, the question is, are you 25% on your way to achieving your goals? And in the previous lesson, we took a look at the very first step that you should take in conducting that review, which is to look at what happened in Q1, to look at your results, to look at your activities and the outcomes that were generated from those activities. And we talked about how to use the marketing funnel as kind of the rubric to measure those results. And the outcome of that exercise is that you need to identify what is your number one biggest marketing problem right now? What is the one marketing problem that you need to address coming up in Q2? And we talked about the three possible scenarios here. The first being that you have an attraction problem where you don't have enough leads coming in at the top of the funnel and therefore you don't have enough people to close into paying clients at the bottom. The second is that you might have a retention problem. So maybe you've got leads, but those leads are kind of bouncing away when they discover you. They're not really engaging with you. They're not really interacting with you, and they don't seem terribly interested in what you do. And the third scenario is that you have a conversion problem. So you've got leads coming in. They seem interested. They're engaging. They're interacting. They're there. They're listening. They're paying attention, but they're not buying. And yes, you can potentially have all three of those problems, but one of them is your primary problem. One of them is likely bigger than the others, and you want to focus on that one problem in the upcoming quarter. And then the next step, and this is what we're going to cover in this lesson, is what's the way forward? What is the most effective way for you to solve that marketing problem? What is the smallest set of activities, the smallest set of tactics or of effort or of time invested or of money invested that's going to generate the highest possible return. And I really want to emphasize here the smallest set, the fewest number of things that you can do to generate the highest possible return, because the truth is you don't have all the time in the world. You don't have hours upon hours upon hours to spend on marketing because you're busy, you've got clients, you've got a firm, you've got things to do, you're not a marketer, but you do need to do a few things to help you generate more business. And that's the goal of this exercise is to figure out what those few things are. What are the 20% of the activities that are going to generate 80% of the results? And in fact, I actually want you to go beyond identifying the few activities. I want you to identify the one thing, the one single thing, the one single activity, the one single tactic that will go the longest way in solving that marketing problem that you've identified. So let's look at some examples. Let's say that you've decided that lead generation up in the attraction stage of the marketing funnel is your biggest problem. Well, maybe you're a pretty decent writer. 
Maybe you're pretty good at getting your ideas onto paper and making a convincing argument in text. And maybe you also have a pretty decent network of peers, industry colleagues, and target clients on LinkedIn. So then maybe your one thing for this quarter, the one thing that you're going to do that you're going to commit to doing consistently to generate more leads is to publish an article on LinkedIn every week for the next quarter. And then you take that one article and you share it in any relevant industry groups or associations. You share it anywhere that your target clients might be congregating and you share it with your personal contacts. Maybe you make a habit of every single week, you're going to send a personal message to 10, 15, maybe 20 people that are in your network who might be interested in that article. So I'm not saying that's what you should do, but I'm giving you an example. That's a good example of the one thing. So instead of committing to, hey, I'm going to write a LinkedIn article, I'm going to do this event, I'm going to do these interviews, I'm going to run these ads, I'm going to do all this stuff, and let's hope some of it works. Instead of doing that, what I really want you to do is focus on the one thing. If you're going to write a LinkedIn article every single week, then just write a LinkedIn article every single week and then share that with the folks on LinkedIn who you think might want that article. Let's take another example, just for argument's sake, and let's go the opposite way now. Maybe you do something very offline, very traditional, not digital at all. Maybe you go to a networking event every single week. You show up at these events, you pick the events that your target clients are going to be at, and maybe it's not weekly, that might be excessive depending on your industry, maybe it's monthly, but you commit to going to a certain number of these events and you make sure that you show up there, business cards in hand, with your value proposition, you know, really refined and rehearsed, a strong elevator pitch, and you're ready to network and to make new connections. And then after each of these events, you have a really clear and systematic process of following up and building relationships with the new people that you met. Now, that's a perfectly reasonable strategy if that's the one thing that you're going to do. If you're going to combine that with 10 other things, then I would really question whether or not you can actually do this effectively. But if it's your one thing, then make it your one thing. Really own it. Really master that tactic. Plan for the events. Pick the right events to attend. Do a little bit of research on who's going to be there in advance. Try to network with the speakers and the influencers, or better yet, try to be one of the speakers or the influencers. And then finally, follow up with people effectively to turn those new connections, those new conversations into real lasting relationships. So those are a couple of examples if attraction and lead generation is that one big problem that you're facing. But let's say it's a retention stage problem. Let's say you actually have a pretty decent number of new leads that are coming in, new people and prospects who are discovering you, but you're not able to build that relationship. You're not able to connect with them and engage them in a meaningful conversation. Now, there are a number of ways that you could solve this particular problem, but fundamentally it comes down to asking yourself, What does my buyer want to hear from me on a regular basis? Think of it that way. What do they want to consume? What kind of information or content could I create for them that they would actually want to consume? They'd they'd welcome it with open arms. They'd be looking forward to seeing it. Because chances are, if your buyer's not already in a buying process, it's going to be hard to speak with them. It's going to be hard to connect with them, get them on the phone, or get them into a meeting unless they already know that they have a problem and you might be able to solve it. 
But if they did connect with you, if they did discover you, if they did demonstrate some interest in what you do, whether that's by joining your email list or liking or sharing a LinkedIn post or you know sending you a message, whatever it may be, if they took some kind of action to demonstrate that they're interested up in the attraction stage of the funnel, then there's something there. Either they're looking for information, they're looking for guidance, they're looking for resources or insights, whatever it may be, there is some level of interest and your job is to figure out what that interest is and how you can feed that interest and nurture that interest over time until they're at a point where they're ready to take the next step. So that ultimately comes down to content. You've gotta be producing regular content, regular media that engages them, that gets their attention, and that helps them solve their problems or helps them look at different ways and new ways of approaching their business. Now, I'm not gonna get into the details of how to do that here. We obviously just did a very recently an entire series on content marketing, and you can grab that uh, on one page at forecast.fm slash content. But the point here is, again, pick that one thing. What is the one thing that you can do to continue to engage your prospects in the retention stage? Maybe it's a weekly email newsletter. Maybe it's a video. Maybe it's a podcast. Whatever the format, what are the topics, right? What are the things that you can talk about that'll get their attention if they're not quite at a buying stage yet, but they're kind of interested? Figure out what that one thing is and start doing it, but most importantly, start doing it consistently. It's not gonna do you much good if you publish something once in a blue moon and there's no consistency and it's not reliable and nobody really knows when they're gonna hear from you next. Now finally, let's say that your problem is a conversion stage problem. So all of the above is going really, really well. You've got a lot of leads coming in, a lot of people engaging in conversation, but you're not able to close that deal. What is the one thing that you can do this quarter to help you close more of those conversations, more of those leads into paying clients? So here are a couple of examples to try on for size in this stage. And again, these examples are not meant to be instructive. They're just examples. You've got to take a good hard look at your own business and your own process to figure out what the one thing might be for you. So one idea might be to take a good hard look here at what you're actually selling. If you've got a lot of leads coming in who are interested in what you're doing and they're engaging and they're interacting and they seem to be genuinely interested in the solution, but they're not biting, then maybe you're not selling what they want, or maybe you're not making them an offer that's easy enough to say yes to. For example, let's say you sell some $10,000 consulting engagement that's you know fairly expensive for your target client. And maybe, maybe that's not expensive. Maybe $50,000 is what you're selling. Maybe that's expensive for your client. It's all relative to what the client's expectations are and what kind of money they're used to spending. But let's say you've got some expensive consulting engagement and it's a bit of a hurdle. It's a bit of a, a major step for a prospect to take in their first deal with you. So maybe the one thing that you do this quarter is you test a smaller priced offering that leads the higher priced offering. So before you sell the 10 or the $50,000 product, you have a smaller offering that's maybe $1,000 or you know if it's a $50,000 engagement uh, on the back end, then you test a $10,000 engagement up front. Whatever it is, you have a smaller offering up front that's easier for the buyer to say yes to. And if you find that they are saying yes to that more often, then you know what your problem was. Another good example, and this is kind of a classic example, to be honest, is that you just don't have a very good sales process. So you have a lot of interest, a lot of attention, and people are engaging with you, but you don't have a really tight sales process that systematically takes prospects and warm leads towards the close. 
It's maybe the one thing that you do this quarter is you bring in a sales consultant and you have him or her map out a sales process that makes sense for your firm, or you take some sales training to improve your sales conversation skills. In fact, here's a really good place to start. We just covered sales previously, I think it was last week on the show, and you can get our entire tutorial on sales and business development at forecast.fm slash sales, including a really, really important interview with Mark Cox of In The Funnel, who, by the way, has an online sales training program. So again, those are just examples, but if conversion is your problem, what is the one thing that you're going to do this quarter to solve that problem? That's what you need to figure out. So to recap, step one of this quarterly marketing review is to figure out what your one big marketing problem is. What is the one big problem that's holding you back? And you take a look at the marketing funnel to be able to make that distinction. You use the marketing funnel as your rubric and you assign numbers to each stage of the funnel and you look at where the bottlenecks are, look at where the gaps are, look at where you're getting stuck and identify in which stage your biggest problem lies. And then step two, which we just covered in this lesson is, what is the one thing you can do to solve that problem? What is the one most effective tactic or strategy that you can employ that'll get the best possible results? And why the one thing? Because one thing is easier to do than 10 things. If you do 10 things, you'll probably do some of them very sporadically, very haphazardly, and some of them you won't get to at all. But if you do one thing, you can invest all the time and the energy that you have for marketing and business development to getting that one thing right. And then, even if it doesn't work, then at least you know that that one thing, that one tactic, that one strategy really doesn't work. And it's not a case of, well, you didn't try hard enough or you didn't do it right or you didn't invest enough time and energy into it. And that data is meaningful because then you can then proceed to the next tactic, the next strategy. And over the course of time, you'll really have a good sense of what's going to work for your business. So that's a wrap on this lesson. If you want to get immediate access to the entire tutorial on the quarterly marketing review, both what we've covered in the past and what's coming up next, you can head over to forecast.fm slash quarter. Finally, if you haven't yet subscribed to the show, do us both a favor, head over to iTunes or your podcast listening tool of choice, search for forecast marketing, find the show. It's a little blue graphic that says forecast at the bottom, hit that button, hit subscribe, and while you're at it, leave us a rating and a review because it helps more people discover the show. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time.